Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Hello everyone, and welcome back to Her Ice, episode 4. I'm Peter Odney. Across the table from me is Todd Houck. We are live from Bloomington. We are hopping right along. Todd, how are you, buddy? My jazz hands are doing great. I'm looking at the snow flying down. As he said before, that was Peter. He was talking about episode number four of Her Ice, which is a podcast where we chat about girls' hockey in Minnesota and the high school side. We talk about action, players, and stories as well as some hockey-related issues. Sometimes some non-hockey pieces pop up. Her Ice is proudly sponsored by MAP Hockey. If you're looking for that extra edge, if you're looking for a great training opportunity, go down to Mendota Heights and check out an opportunity for your youth, your high school player, or maybe if you're a Minnesota Wild or Whitecaps player, you're looking for that extra edge. Get your pass at third or fourth line hey check out map.hockey they might have that training program for you we have peter odney across the table from he's my guru he's my historian here in studio a 1a that is and we're going to jump right away to our games of the week these are games that we said last week were great games to peek at and we're going to tell you why they're good games because they actually turned out to be pretty dang good first we're going to chat about a little bit is that mountain west tonka with a 3-2 victory over south st paul reason that was a big deal is because both teams are coming in as south st paul's had some tough games this week this year so far they've kind of up and down they've had a couple double a's and so in their their main gal Deering, she had a goal and assist so she definitely helped them out but not enough as Mountain West Tonka was victorious in that one. And the reason that they were not victorious is because the wall, as right now, is Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I always want to call her Taylor Swift, so I'm sorry about there, Taylor. You are She's Taylor dominating S- like Taylor Swift. She is. She's bringing the crowd. But Taylor Smith was victorious in that one as she was holding down uh, the fort for there, and she had 21 saves in a, in a 3-2 win over the Packers. Another game that popped up that we thought was kind of a big one was the Blake and EP game. Uh, it On paper, it looked like a great game, but actually the Bears kind of showed their fangs and showed their claws. And uh, DeLandis had two goals. Addie Burton had two goals and two assists. Izzy Daniel had two assists. The big piece about that was not just the fact that everybody was looking for a really tighter game, but Blake kind of just bammed them down. I mean, EP's usually got Sydney Langseth, who's usually their go-to gal, but she got shut out. Why'd she get shut out for? Because... Like had a better goaltender at that time. Yeah, Avid Christie making 31 saves in that win. So as impressive as it was to put four goals up on Eden Prairie, might have even been more impressive of, Christ, of impressive of Christie to finish with 31 saves and the blank sheet. That's what happened. So uh, definitely not a turret. I mean, the EP is going to come back. So that was one of our games that we thought was a key. Another one that we thought was a big one, and it turned out to be kind of a, a laugher, was the War Road uh, EGF uh, East Grand Forks game. Uh, that one on paper looked like it was going to be good. Both games were coming into it. But, of course, Hannah uh, Corneliuson uh, was the, the shocker in that one where she had two goals and one assist as the Warriors won in a 5 nothing shutout over uh, EGF. So World thumping their chest and showing why they are the tops in the north side and the 2-1-8. So they haven't given up a goal in their last three games. I know. Isn't it's it amazing? Incredible. I mean, our crack restaff, our research staff told us that. We're like, there's no way. But sure enough, they have given up nothing in that third. So coming up later on, you're going to hear why that's going to be a big piece of information you need to hold on to. Uh, another game that we thought was kind of a key game was going to be that Breck Hill Murray game, which both of us thought, hey, we think Hill Murray's going to win this one. Not the case. Not the case. Not the case. Breck actually kind of came 
with full forces, they had four different scores in that game, not just one gal was doing everything. Uh, Hill Murray did have Franco and Kaufman, both had a goal, but the Pioneers didn't have enough to overcome with the, the Mustangs. So uh, Breck with a good program. They're showing why they're they're the better of the two teams in that contest. So uh, Breck with a 4-2 win over the Pioneers. And another one that was kind of a sneaky one was one of our games of the week was the Tonka-Benilde game. Why was it a big deal? Because Minnetonka hadn't won yet. But now they got the W, and they beat Benelt. One of the reasons why uh, Minnetonka won the game was Dulac in the net. She had seven, uh, 19 saves out of 19 shots. So Minnetonka, are they on the way back? We'll find out. We'll talk about uh, Tonka a little later on. But at least they got to taste the first uh, grape juice in the locker room. Uh, I don't know why grape juice is on my mind right now, but that's kind of a weird. Purple but, magic. It could be Purple Gatorade. It could be one of the two. It's the magic juice. But anyway, um, so that was some of the games of the week that we thought were kind of big. Uh, now we like to chat a little bit about kind of a top ten. Uh, Peter's one of the, the key staff writers here with YHH, and she, he goes down uh, the double A and single A and kind of is going to tell you a little recap of some of the teams who are in the top ten and who kind of fell out of the top ten on the double A and the single. Pita. Unfortunately, in Class AA, it looks like it's going to be a three-horse race with Andover, Adina, and Blake rotating through that number one spot. Uh, the next seven, we're going to see some serious shuffling. Rozo enters this week's ranking with, uh, at the time of the rankings, they were 4-0. and Kayla Santel has been exceptional for the Rams, leading them in scoring. Hill Murray, after that loss to Breck, bows out of the top ten. I have no idea the last time the Pioneers were ranked outside of the top ten. See ya. Uh, Eden Prairie falls just a little bit because of the loss to Blake, but because of the quality of the opponent, the Eagles are going to stay in that top six rotation as Forest Lake takes over the number five slot undefeated. Big push-up. Big push-up. And we mentioned a three-horse race in AA. It might be a two-horse race in Class A. Ward and Breck, uh, you know, they'll they'll stick one and two or two and one. Either either way, they'll stay around the top. South St. Paul and St. Paul United, two teams that we were fairly high on going into the season, have tumbled down to the bottom of the top ten. The Packers are hovering at 500 right now. United has struggled uh, a little bit. South St. Paul with a surprising loss to Chaska Chan Hassan uh, last week by a score of 7-1. Mm. Seven to one, powerful. Grand Rapids Greenway is new to the Class A rankings. They are undefeated right now. They scored a couple of quality wins over White Bear Lake and Blaine. And Sadie Pert is the Lightning's leading scorer. That she is. So definitely keeping them on, uh, keeping them on track. Uh, in addition to some of those recaps, a couple of players that we think have had some phenomenal games since last time we chatted. And remember, we chatted with you on Tuesday. We kind of got out of our, our routine. We're kind of usually on the Wednesday, Bill. So we had an extra game in there. So, um, But with the extra day, Blake's uh, Lily DeLandis had a monster week. With the four wins by the Bears, she did have six goals and five assists. So she just continues to add to her totals. Now, one of the strange things that you folks out, folks out there are hearing is you're not going to hear anybody from Edina, you're not going to hear anybody from Andover. And you're saying, what? Sorry to disappoint. What the? Here's the deal. They didn't play a lot of games because they played so many early season games. There was a lot of guys, and the boys got started last week, especially with the opener at the BIG last weekend. So some of the girls got a little bit of a break, but I guarantee Edina and Andover will be in the mix coming up. So um, the big thing I want to remind you about, DeLandis is, mind you, she is not just a big fish in a small pool. She is one of the three-headed monsters on that bear squad. But she right now has got at least one point in every one of her games, which is quite, and she's averaging, folks, she's averaging two points a game because she has nine goals and eight assists for the season for 17 and eight games. So Lily DeLandis, one of those three Blake players with 17 points so far. You want balance? You want the Blake Bears. 
You want the big bad bears is what they are. Uh, another player of the week that popped up, and I think you're going to hear her name more than just this week, is Miss Kelsey King of Elk River Zimmerman. Why did she blow up? They only played two games, but in those two games, she had 11 points. She had seven goals and four assists. And one of those games was last night when they played uh, Park of Cottage Grove. Well, by herself, Miss King had five goals and one assist. So not only is she starting to flex her muscles a little bit, but now she's leading the state in goals with 14, and she has eight assists to go along with that. So Miss King is definitely, uh, if this was Thanksgiving week, I would give her a drumstick. A drumstick. She is a player, one of our players of the week because of her massive scoring that's starting to blow up in front of everybody. Yeah, one problem the Elks might, might want to look at is that Kelsey King has scored 14 of the team's 28 goals. So entering a strong stretch of the season, and Elk River might want to find some secondary scoring behind Miss King, who recently crossed the 100 career point threshold. 100. Dun, dun. That's big. That's big for her. So triple congratulations. Digis. Yep, triple dig for the double K. So congratulations to Kelsey. Uh, another one is going to become a common theme, as you're going to hear us during this podcast this week, is the 507. The 507 hockey is starting to talk to us and let us know that they are for real. And one of the gals down there that's putting 507 on the map and not a door mat <laughs> is Miss <laughs> Olivia Williamson for Faribault and the Falcons. Why? Because within the two games so far, she has 14 goals. I'm sorry, within the, the two wins they had last week, she had four goals and three assists. Now that adds to her 11, uh, 11 and 7 for the season. So Miss Olivia is definitely making everybody pay attention to everybody south of the river. So uh, Faribault's for real. they got a big game coming up. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Olivia Williamson is definitely deserving of a drumstick post-Thanksgiving or maybe an extra helping of dressing, one of the two, whatever she prefers. I would serve it to her. <laughs> In a nice way with a tie and well, she's earned it. She's the sec- She's the state's second leading scorer in helping the Falcons prove that there are two schools that can play hockey in Faribault, Minnesota. And that's crazy too, because I grew up in the 507 when I was growing up. Is either Mankato or Rochester, any kind of hockey whatsoever. But now Faribault is starting to come up there and let us know that they are for real. Um, some other surprises that came up, and some of our surprises we talk about is teams that we feel are on the cusp. Uh, one of them is actually still in the top 10, but most of these teams are not in the top 10 and the YHH top 10. So we want to put them on your radar. So in case you're going, who are some teams besides the big three, the top two in single A, who are the teams we should pay attention? One of them I want to keep your eyes on, we talked about them before, is Forest Lake. Right currently they are 4-0. and They got their fourth win last night with a, with a victory um, over Park Cottage Grove. And... The leading scorer, which I think is the most interesting thing I think so far, is uh, Rachel, I hope I'm saying this right, Goldnitz. She has five goals. She is the leading scorer in the team with five goals. They have two other gals behind her with four, so they don't really have a high-octane offense. But when you have defense, in this case they have um, Alan uh, Goldner, who has 4-0, and she's a 175 GAA. Not astounding goalie numbers, but she does enough. The offense does enough. It's keeping Forest Lake undefeated right now as they are slowly getting into the season. Yeah, Goner stepping into that starting role after the uh, gal she rotated with last year, Josie Bathoon, opted to skate for the boys. Another surprise team we'd like to make you aware of is the Fergus Falls Otters. The Otters are undefeated at home so far at 2-0. and They are 4-1 and overall. they got a big matchup coming up against Mound, West Honka. Todd, what do you think about the Otters? Tell me about Fergus. The Otters, I think the one of the interesting things about the Otters is they have a gal by the name of Sof- Sophie Rausch who is a who's leading the team in points and goals. She has nine goals and five assists. Definitely one of the octane. They are, they are a two-headed monster when it comes to the goaltending. 
but the biggest thing that I was kind of surprised with in the five games they've played, they have only allowed eight goals. So their goal different. They've scored 23 and they've only given eight. So they're doing enough to stop the other team. So it's it's an up and coming program. I think it's their youth programs have always done fairly well. Maybe not the top tier people going the big metro, but you know that's their that's what's kind of fun about the non metro is they see who is kind of the strong teams out there. So Fergus Falls is definitely one you want to keep your eye on. Yeah, one final note about Fergus Falls. Their next four games are at home. We just mentioned that they're undefeated at home, so if Fergus Falls can continue that trend, they could be sitting pretty by the time they take on Crookston their next road game at the Crookston Sports Center. There you go. Uh, another team I want to keep your eye on your radar is the C-I slash Mora slash Pine City. Slash what? Slash what? Slash what? Slash? So it's Cambridge, Isanti, Mora, Pine City. It's a lot of or, a lot of uh, oh, communities coming together, but it's working for them right now because they're currently 4-0. One of the reasons that they're 4-0 right now is because of Madeline Skelton. Madeline herself has got six goals on the team. She's leading the team there, and she also leading the team with points with five assists and with going on those six goals. Um, and they've had a nice... Nice, solid defense, as well as a goaltender by the name of uh, Jayanti uh, Kotila. She has both. She has uh, three of the wins, and she has uh, given up a 3-0-0 goals allowed average. Maybe not the awesome numbers that people are looking for, but the key is if they got Madeline scoring and they're keeping the defense, you know, you give up one or two goals a game, or in this case three, and you're getting more than three, you know, you're going to get victory. So right now they're un- they're undefeated, which is the key. Uh, and the next, they have a tough opponent coming up as they're taking on a northern squad. I'm a, that's my little tease. They're taking on a tease. tough, undefeated tease. team that's going to be a benchmark for them to see if their program is going to keep moving up or they're going to get stalemate and, and slow down. Well, this team has proven they can win in close games. Three of the team's four wins has been by one goal, the fourth by two goals. And you mentioned that defense. That defense has done a nice job of keeping shots to the outside. They've only, they only average uh, 18 shots against per game. So the the Cambridge Isani Mora Pine City slashes or whatever their their mascot their mascot namesake is. They could be uh, in for a battle with your teased team. Mm, my teased team. I won't I won't tell you now. I'm gonna tease you in that one. Uh, another team I want to put your on your surprise. We talked about before the old 507 is the Faribault Falcons, and we talked about Miss Williamson with the 11 goals and seven assists. So she is definitely the reason. One of the reasons why Faribault is on the undefeated side of the schedule. Another reason that they are undefeated is because they're getting some stellar defense by their goaltender, a gal by the name of Michaela Bonner. She has got all six victories for the Falcons, but catch us out. Her GAA is 0.67. What? So she is stopping the puck, and her save percentage is 0.963. So she is doing everything she can. She says, Olivia, you score. I will stop the puck. So right now it's got the Falcons flying. Pun. Pun inserted. <laughs> they got a big game coming up as we're going to talk about that in about 10 seconds. But before we get to that upcoming game, there's a little glove bump or a mitt, you know, filthy mitts. You know what we call them? Silky? Silky Silky, Silky? Silky mitt. Want to give some kudos out to uh, the Waconia uh, girls hockey program because they have recently separated from Holy Family, so they are all by themselves. They're Wildcats, and they got their first victory this week. Uh, as a high school single program without the Holy Family fire with them. So in a 7-1 victory over Wyndham. So I want to make sure you give a glove bump or a mitt bump to the Waconia Wildcats as they got their first victory as a solo all-by-myself team. So congrats to you guys. A round of applause. round of applause. It doesn't sound really loud when you applaud with gloves, does it? No, it sounds kind of muffled. Muffled. Maybe a little awkward. Yeah. 
that's why you just bump and that's all cool there all right so some of the games we talked about some of the games coming up we like to chat about now i know peter's drooling over the friday night matchups but let's just let's just slow it down because otherwise he's going to fall over and i'm going to be by myself for i'm so ready to fall over for right the now. next 15 minutes but um like i talked before faribault's got a big matchup for this week they're going to be taking on northfield who also is undefeated in conference play I want to emphasize that because people look at the Northfield team and go, 4-3, and three, they're not that great. They're just barely over 500. But the 3-0 on the big nine, and now they got Faribault. So that's another one of those keys where I like to kind of come up with these teams where Northfield is up and coming, Faribault's already there, and now it's going to be which team is going to fall and which is going to keep on rising. So that's going to be a key matchup in the big nine. It's number one versus number two, so a key matchup. In that Northfield conference. has also won four of their past five goalie. Rachel, Rachel Bielenberg's got three shutouts on the season. Battle for first place in the Big Nine. Can't go wrong with the battle. No, can't go wrong. Another big matchup that's coming up this week, they went, and it actually is Toronto, that is going to be Maple Grove. Uh, the Crimson taking on the Skippers of Minnetonka at Pago. Now, why is that a big deal? Here's why. Maple Grove has started off the season slow. They've only played three games, but they've won all three games. So you can't go wrong with that whatsoever. But they're taking on the mighty Skippers. Now, why is it a big deal? Well, when you're 3-0 and you're looking for a benchmark game, here's where we are. Where's the team that's on the rise and then the team that's been there. And Minnetonka, remember they start off their first three weeks, the first three games they lost. Everybody's like, oh, my God, the Skippers are losing. <laughs> but they've won two in a row. They beat Prior Lake pretty bad last night, 10-2. So this is another one. So if Minnetonka is on the way back up, remember they have six D1 gals. So are they the real deal or not? Uh, but they're bumping against Maple Grove. It's going to be a tough matchup. Who has Emily Herdine, who is leading the team with four goals. And they're getting some stellar goaltender and now by a gal by the name of Lucy Morgan. Check this out. She's got three wins for Maple Grove. they got three wins. Her GAA, 0.33. Save percentage, 977. So guess what? Fire. Minnetonka, let's see what you got. Taking on the crim. Well, this game could come down to goaltending. You mentioned Lucy Morgan. She's got two shutouts so far this season. She had 12 shutouts last year, so 14 for her career after uh, moving down from Mandan, North Dakota. That Those 14 career shutouts so far give her half of the MSHSL record of 28 held by Amy Jones of Park Center in goal for Minnetonka. Bryn Duloc, the Cornell commit, she stopped 53 of 57 shots over her past three games, including that shutout over Benil St. Margaret's, which stopped the Skippers' losing streak. It could be a battle between the pipes. It definitely could. Uh, another key matchup that's coming up right now is going to be two undefeated. Remember we talked about the teaser? We teased you with the CI Mora PC. It was such a tease. Who are they going to play that's from the north that's undefeated that is rocking the world? Well, it is the Grand Rapids Greenway Lightning. The Lightning. The li- not the Thunderhawks, like you said before. <laughs> The Thunder kidding. Raiders. I'm just kidding. I said that before. Yeah, the Thunder Lightning is what they are. That'd be weird. But anyway, um, so that's going to be up at um, Grand Rapids. I actually call right next to where that game's going to be. That's seven o'clock next Tuesday. I mean, uh, I know, I'm sorry. That was a uh, no Friday. I'm sorry, Friday at seven o'clock. I was looking at the Cloquet game, which Cloquet on the brain. I had Cloquet on the brain. I'm looking at the homeless lumberjack. <laughs> It does look like a homeless guy. Anyway, but the the key about Grand Rapids Greenway, they're led by uh, Sadie Pert, who has got nine goals this season. She's leading the team in points with 16, so definitely one reason why GR slash G is doing well. On the other side of it, too, is their defense is doing well. They have Emily Trast and Nett, who's got five 
all f uh, five victories, and then she her goal against is only 1.57. So she's definitely doing a great job in the nets for the Lightning as they're going to take on the CI Mora PCs. Yeah, Grand Rapids Greenway, one of those teams that we mentioned just burst into the uh, top 10 rankings at with a, with a nice undefeated record. You know, two wins over teams like White Bear and Blaine, those are quality showings against high-quality Metro programs. Oh, yeah. And that, sure. Which shows so well for the outstate Lightning. Unfortunately, the Lightning are in 7AA. A team chock full, a section chock full of talent. So, I mean, we'll see if the if the Lightning can keep rolling through the regular season, and have them battle tested for the playoffs. One more game I want to put you on my map because I know Peter's still drooling over there for his match that he wants to talk about is the Mount West Tonka Whitehawks are taking on and traveling to Fergus Falls to take on the Otters, which again probably the first time you ever heard the word Otters in a podcast. Vicious uh, Otters. But the Whitehawks are five and zero. Why are they five and zero? Not just because they got some scoring from uh, uh, Kaylee Nykam, who's a uh, Got five goals, and Lauren Burris, who's leading the team with 10 points. But Miss Taylor Smith, who has all five victories for the Whitehawks, she has a goals allowed average of 0.63 and a save percentage of 9.77. So Miss Peter, I should call her Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. I call her Taylor, maybe just Taylor Swizzle. Maybe she's call her she's Swizzle. dominating the charts like Taylor let's, Swift. Let's call her Those Swift. are video game numbers. Those are video game numbers. So the Hawks are taking on the Otters, and that's going to be, a, uh, again, where it's going to be one program, which is already on the top. And they move it up as you already have them, uh, number eight in the in the single A top ten. And uh, Fergus Falls is trying to knock them down and get themselves up in the top ten and get some notoriety for them. All right, Peter. Here I've, it is. I've talked. Here's your time. Here it is. Talk about the game I've been waiting for. The rematch of the 2018 Class A state title game. The World Warriors drive south to face the Breck Mustangs at Breck Friday at 7:15 p.m. Oddly enough. The World Warriors have not allowed a goal in the third period all season. All season in long. five games. And on the flip side, Breck has scored the most goals, 10 out of 25, in the third period this year. This game could come down to the wire. I am ecstatic for it. I will be following it wherever I can follow it. Todd, you got to keep an eye on it for me. I will. Well, we'll both keep an eye on it. That's just going to be your Super Bowl coming up. So that's something definitely to talk about this coming Friday night. Friday Night Lights is going to be on fire, or Friday Night Pucks as we can. Uh, talker piece, let's talk about something a little different than what's on the ice. Let's talk about the swag. Let's talk about what the kids wear. Let's talk about jerseys. Let's chat about what do you like in a jersey. Do you like letters or logos? i gotta, I got to go with letters on this one. I'm a fan of the classic, the cursive script. And I know I'm going to throw a team out there that everyone loves to hate. Yes. But I'm going to take a Dinah. I love a Dinah's uniform. The, the green with the gold piping, and it's, just, it's so classic. It's timeless. It's timeless. It's timeless. The look on your face is priceless right now. It's priceless is what it is. I'm actually more of a logo guy. I like a clean picture on there. Another one, one that comes to mind, I know NHL, and sometimes that's my mind, but high school is in their mix of our what we're looking at right now. But I look at right now, for example, Benil's just got a simple night. It's just a nice, simple picture. Whether it's white on the red or red on the white, it's simple. Another simple one, which is beautiful, it's just a simple M. We got Matamida, we got Minnetonka, and we have Moorhead. Just have the classic gopher M block. That's all it is. Don't play with it. Don't put stupid stripes through it. 
just the M. It speaks for itself. But pictures are great, especially like USHL. I love those simple jerseys. The Buccaneer looks gorgeous on there. The Gambler just sitting on there with no words, no letters on there. Some of the squads out there like to put the words and then put the words underneath and then put a picture in the middle. Oh, like I have an idea. Let's put the number in the middle. I know why Zeta did that. One. <laughs> they have like a football with a number in the middle of it. It's like just leave it alone. But at the same time, I do like a classic diagonal. For example, the Rangers, very simple. Rangers, straight across. The Spuds, S-P-U-D-S, straight down. Iconic. Iconic. Diagonal, it's simple, and it's clean. The thing I don't like about logos is that it's so easy to mess them up and make the mascot look so cartoonish. There's a program that has a horse on the front of their uniforms, and it looks like BoJack Horseman from Netflix. Every time I look at their jersey, I think of Will Arnett voicing a horse walking on its hind legs. Right. I, you can you can easily screw up a logo, which is why I'm a fan of the lettering. I've, I've been on a horse with no name, and it's good to be out in the rain. Because in the desert, you can't remember your name. Man, you are, you are referencing something that is going way over my head. I love it. Good American. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to keep ourselves on task. Unfortunately, our timekeeper is not doing a good job of that, so I'm going to get us back on track here. Uh, it's time of the our program. We like to have three questions for Mr. Peter. Hopefully, he'll do well with all three of these questions. So question number throw out you. I have to do a little backstory with this one because some of our viewers out there will be like, "What in the world is he talking about?" So back in, the, me. back in the day when I was a small child, I watched this TV show called Happy Days. It was thrown back in the 1950s. It was just this cute little family out in Milwaukee, and they had Richie Cunningham, which is this adorable boy that everybody was homecoming king, and he was just a nice, crisp, and clean-cut boy, America's favorite. And then they had the bad Fonzie. Arthur Fonzarelli was just the bad dude. Had a motorcycle, <laughs> had the leather jacket, but Ar- but Fonzie was always right. But once in a while, he was incorrect. He made a bad judgment, and he never could say that he was incorrect. He would say, "I'm," and he could not say the word. So this is the moment where we ask Peter. Last week, when were you wrong? To piggyback. On being wrong, this might be the game where I jumped the shark. Hill Murray was coming off a 2-1 loss to Eden Prairie. I thought that the Pioneers would reach deep down inside themselves and pull out a win against Breck, which they did not. Breck, obviously a quality Class A program, beat Hill Murray 4-2. I did not expect a perennial top five double A team like Hill Murray to lose to a single A team. The depth that Hill Murray has and the quality of skaters that Hill Murray has, I did not expect them to lose to a class A team. But kudos to Breck and Hill Murray's got something to figure out. They do. Exactly right. I could throw myself underneath the bus a little bit as I was wrong. I'm, trust me. I'm married and I'm wrong all the time. So I'm, I'm used to saying <laughs> I'm wrong. But the one time I was wrong last week was actually when I, I thought Hill Murray, I'm sorry, I thought that Blake was going to get beat by Eden Perry and I thought Eden Perry was going to come full force and take care of the Bears. But um, unfortunately, they did not, uh, we're not ready for the 300 monster of uh, DeLandis, uh, Daniels, and Burton. So um, I was wrong that time. It's not going to be the first and won't be the last time, but at least you heard it live here on podcast, or I guess you'll hear it tomorrow. Maybe not live, but (laughs) but I can be wrong once in a while. Live-ish. Live-ish. All right, question number two. Um, Last week, what was the surprise for you? Now, when I first wrote this down, I said, how about the upset? But as we've started the beginning of the season with the girls, some teams have only got three, four, five. They're playing non-conference. There's some powerhouses played together. You die in a O and over... 
there hasn't really been an upset, but I'm sure there's been a surprise last week, right, Peter? There, there was a surprise, and I know we've mentioned this team a couple of times already, but the fact that Grand Rapids and Green, Greenway was able to get past Blaine and Cloquet in back-to-back games, you, we saw that they only beat Irondale by one. You think, okay, the wheels might fall off a little bit. But then they followed that up with a 4-1 win over White Bear Lake, a 3-2 win over Blaine, and a gritty, gutsy overtime win over Cloquet, Esco, Carlton. The Lightning might be for real. And that is a shock, but a bump for me. Get it? Shock, lightning? Shock, lightning, lightning shock. Got Static it. shock. Definitely, definitely. Uh, for myself, if I was going to throw uh, kind of a surprise of the week, I guess some of the surprises, some of the teams I kind of had thought were on the on the upscale was some of our, our surprises from last week. For example, Burnsville got their first loss this season, so they've kind uh-huh. of come down a little bit. Uh, Rochester Lourdes has now come down a little bit, so those are a couple surprises that I was uh, waiting for. Uh, obviously, the I, I guess one mini surprise there is Minnetonka kind of getting back on the winning track. Not saying it's a super surprise, but at the same time, when they start off 0-3, and I'm not saying people are doubting them, saying, oh, we're all worried about the skippers. They're not going to make it to the state <laughs> tournament. This is the Skippers, just like Edina. They're going to retool, they're going to revamp, and they're going to get it back again. And they've done it so far. So um, two wins in a row, so we'll see what they do. But that's kind of a mini surprise, if I can say that, too. A mini surprise. Mini surprise. Uh, Question number three, favorite jersey. Oh, man. You know, it's it's kind of a recent obsession, but the Toronto Maple Leafs. The white logo on the blue jersey and the fact they've got Austin Matthews and all these big stars. I just, I want a Maple Leafs jersey. I might shell out the 200 or so dollars it costs for a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. You stole it from me. I can't believe that was on my mind. Oh, no. But if you remember a couple of years ago, they kind of retweaked it because they kind of went, they had the 70s, 80s, you know, kind of cleaned up Maple Leaf look, and then they went back to the old look, mm-hmm. back from the 30s and the 40s, part of the original six, made the jer- the the leaf itself a little more rustic, a little more veins in the leaf. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's Make it look like a real leaf. But it's such a, and unfortunately, that's that's the logo. And Is it really logo and letter together? Because it says Toronto Maple Leafs inside the little leaf. Maybe they're one of those those unicorn teams that can pull off both letters and logos. But it's such a clean jersey. It's so gorgeous. That white is so so darn white. It is beautiful. But I have to go back to the last one of my favorite jerseys. Obviously, it has to be the North Stars growing up as a kid. Homer. The N was where it was at. But also, I was kind of a closet Hartford Whaler fan. So <laughs> when the North Stars were getting, they were getting sold. Remember, if some of my fans back there, when they got sold, when they got sold, and all of a sudden the Minnesota was like, we're the state of hockey. We have no team. Well, that's when Hartford said, hey, we might be going to Minnesota. So then I had some buddies, especially my college roommate. He went out and got a $175 authentic <laughs> Hartford jersey. It was that super green with the big whale on the front of it. And we were all Hartford Whalers fans. Even got hats. It's a still pretty cool logo. And Carolina's going to bring it back this year. They're going to have the Carolina Hartford Whaler Night. So that's going to be sick. I can't, I can't imagine investing $175 in a jersey in the in the 1930s. I mean, that must have been the cost of a small homestead. That would have been, uh, yeah, that would definitely be your mortgage. That's for sure. But uh, looking at the clock in the wall, we have come up uh, on our time. We do appreciate everybody that's been able to listen to. Keep coming. If you have anything that comes up in your mind, whether it deals with hockey or whether girls hockey and the high school world, please hit us up on Twitter um, at Youth Hockey Hub, or you can also email us at yhhturney, that's singular, at gmail.com. I um, want to thank Peter for all his hard work, his insight, his research, as well as his analysis. Gang, gang. This is Todd Hulk, and thank you for listening again to Her Ice because... It's not his ice. Take care of yourself and take care of others. We'll talk to you next time.
keep it cool Used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news What you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool